I have goals and ideas of what I want to do, but I just can't put a time limit on it. You can't do that to yourself because then you just feel like you're disappointing yourself. Welcome to the Caught Off Guard podcast, the podcast where no topic is off limit. My name is Patricia Bright. I'm a content creator on YouTube and a self-proclaimed entrepreneur. On this podcast, we're going to have some amazing and successful guests who are all trailblazers in their own individual fields. From models to business owners to experts in the lady area, I'm going to find out what makes them tick, laugh, how they got to where they are, and even be brave enough to ask them what's in their wallets. As they say, honesty is the best policy, and hopefully you're about to be caught off guard. In this week's episode, we speak to hugely successful international model, superstar, entrepreneur and all-round empress, Leomi Anderson. Leomi slays at everything she does. And in this episode, it's all about how to be successful and stay sane, especially in the modelling industry. Listen, you're going to want to stay tuned for this one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Court Off Guard podcast. I am Patricia Bright, and I'm very excited to be here with the Leomi Anderson. And yes, you're going to get the in front of your name because you're absolutely fantastic. You are a top model. And I'm going to just list off some of her accolades because, you know, you don't have to big yourself up. I'll do it for you. (laughs) You are faced with Fenty Beauty, Pat McGrath. You've walked for the likes of Marc Jacobs, Tom Ford. You have also, you are. Oh, a Victoria Secret model. How yes. many years running? Uh, four years. Four years running. What else have you done? Yeezy, Fenty Puma. <laughs> and I believe the list goes on and on. Thank you. This is Damn. why I wanted to get you on here because Even I feel like... you have a couple of things. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you are like really amazing and I feel like I want to explore your story a little bit more and for people to understand like the realty. So we're caught, caught off guard. We want to ask people... Questions are a little bit difficult, you know? Find yeah. out a little bit more, like get, juicy. get in there, get juice. In. I'm all about the juice. So we are going to do that today I'm ready. with yourself. It's amazing for to see you here today. And yeah. where have you come in from? Um, literally, I'm just down the roads, not far from you. Collier's with New Wimbledon. Nice little drive over. We're both South Londoners. Yeah, I love I, it. I, I love it. Yeah. We never knew each other growing up. No, but, but I feel like the vibes were there though. As soon as someone says South, you're like, yes, yes. There's a connection. I feel like Londoners have this thing where they're like, which bit are you from? North, South, East, yeah, West. And you're kind of dismissive. Yeah, when I you're am. Like, oh, like, when I hear say, North, crickets. Disappear. <laughs> I'm the same. I'm the same. Right, let's get into it. Um, you also have your own brand. Yes, like, I do. We're going to get into this some more. So... I also really care about like female entrepreneurship and how people hustle, make money. We're going to talk about what's in your wallet. I I will. Um, Let's get into it. And I feel like it's really exciting about, I want to hear more about LAP and everything you're doing there. All right. So before we get into it, Mm -hmm. I want us to do a nice shaker. I'm going to ask you a few (laughs) questions that are a little bit like, all right, all right, I'm ready. Hard to answer. (laughs) Um, and you can answer as candidly as you want. This is a safe space. I do um, feel very safe. <laughs> now, you're obviously a model in the modeling industry, mm-hmm. and it's not known for being the most friendliest. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be kind of a hard one, but. No, throw it at me. I'm ready. Who, who's the biggest bitch in the industry? And if you can't mm. say a name, 
What's the bitchiest thing that's ever been done to you? Oh my gosh. Okay. So can't name names because they're huge. <laughs> yeah. They're huge. Oh, <laughs> the, the bigger, the bitchier then. Well, you want to know what? It's not always necessarily that way, but sure. in this case, it was just like, oh, oh my gosh, really classic. Yeah. So basically they called me a drag queen. <laughs> Yeah, okay, not necessarily exactly like that, but it basically was that, and it was just like, wow, What, ouch. to your face? Oh, yeah, no, to my face. So basically, I met said person the week prior. Everything's all good. Oh, you're so beautiful. Da, 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 da. Like, we need to do something together. I'm like, great, oh, my God, amazing. Um, then fast forward a week later, when now the, the, the jobs come about and we're working together, um, their assistant saw me doing my own makeup, and because it was like a show where or an event where some people came already with their glam done. Some people got their makeup done there. I just brought my makeup kit with me. So I'm mm-hmm. just doing my makeup. And I thought because like she was a black woman as well, that she'd understand like, oh, okay, you're doing your own makeup. Okay. And bearing in mind, it was even less than this. Like it was like so natural because it's like, I don't want to do OTT or whatever. Yeah. And then she's like, why well, have you got your makeup out? I was like, oh, like, you know, I just want to do my own makeup. She's like, take it off. This me. Um, Hold on, this is a model. No, 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 this is the person's assistant, okay? So at the time, I don't even know. I'm like, who's this random lady or whatever? Yeah, she's like, take it off. I was just like, nah, I'm actually so good. Like, I'm just packing away my makeup. I'm like, I'm sorry, but like some people have full glam. So I don't understand why like me doing my natural makeup is an issue. She's like, you look old. This is me. I'm not being funny, you think, yeah, but you don't even know how old I am. I don't even look my age. So like I'm 26 and I look like 18 years old. So you saying I look old is just like a compliment even. I look my age. She's like, "Mm, take off all that blush. I was just like, I'm sorry, but... This is an event where everyone looks different. I feel good looking this way, so I'm not about to uh, take it off. So thanks for your opinion and everything. But yeah, so anyway, she walks off now. Then an hour later, obviously I didn't know that this oh, was... Oh, this is a full story. It's okay, a full story. I need to hear this. I want to hear it. It's a full story. And so like an hour later, I see said model. And obviously I'm thinking last week when I see you, everything was all great and nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time, went over, went to say hi. They were like, mm, your makeup you need to take it off. You look like a drag queen when you wear too much makeup. The only reason why you look nice now is because my, my assistant told you to take off your makeup. And I was trying to say, actually, this is the same makeup. Because she was basically saying, how I look now is better than how I apparently looked before. But I didn't change anything. But obviously the assistant's gone and been like, oh, I told her to take off her makeup or whatever. Oh I don't know. I don't know what she said. But she was like, yeah, the only reason why you look nice now is because my assistant told you to take off your makeup. You look like a drag queen when you wear loads of makeup. And bearing in mind there's bare people there. I was just like... Cool. Wow. And but, I couldn't say, I could, there's nothing I could do. I was like trying to say it. This is the same makeup. So if you like this, you like what I've done in it. So therefore don't let, but yeah, that was probably like the like one of the most like. Mm. There are times when you just want to be like, just shut up. Like it's none of your yeah. business, but obviously you, you have can't. to be professional. You Ooh. can't. But really the instances where I want to say something is usually to do with like hair and makeup artists because that is just like. We're going to get into We're going to get into that. We're going to get, get really that. deep in and get stuck in. And actually then, what are the trends that you absolutely hate at the moment? Mm. And have you ever had a bad beauty trend put on you for I've had, a show? <laughs> I feel like you're going to be like, obviously. I've had like every single thing that can go wrong with like hair and makeup. I've just, I feel like I've been like the guinea pig of it because I've been in the industry for like 11, 12 years. So like all the girls now who like they're getting their makeup done and they're loving it. Like it's because it was people like me who had to walk down the runway, gray face, looking like one Casper the Friendly Ghost. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that that now these people they're understanding. Like and now what's, we have what's really color. good. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. But I guess trends wise, 
I just hated when, um, I feel like it's not really a trend as such, but I hated the fact that there was a time when like white people didn't understand wigs because, yeah. and that was really annoying to me mm-hmm. because like, even I would speak to my ages at first and I'm like, oh, I want to start wearing wigs. They'll be like, ooh, like, is it going to be like party shop? I'm like, no, no, no. Like, like Beyonce levels. They're like, oh, okay. Like then they understand it. They're a like, lace oh, front. A lace front. Yeah. A lace front for anybody who don't understand. Like, yeah. the, you know, knowledge of the wigs. But um, when wigs weren't in, it was very difficult as a black girl to be able to like change your look or be able to... Um, I don't know, just like not have your hair just completely destroyed. Destroyed. Because <laughs> if you're straightening and putting all the gels yeah. and all the products, the edges will leave the building. They will literally decease. They will just die. I've got it. I've yes. got it. Yeah. yeah so and I also, think if, that's... You, if there are other girls in the on the runway who are doing like, say, a, a slick back wet look, mm-hmm. right? If you're natural, your hair's going to turn into a frizz. So what's mm. my alternative to actually be part of the look? That's what Give I'm trying to say. And right? even, for example, when um, I've had instances where the look they wanted me to have an afro, but obviously my hair is relaxed. So it's chemically straightened for anyone who doesn't know, or perms or whatever, just different phrases. But anyways, putting these little tiny rods and like literally like completely reverting my hair back to afro when there's literally wigs. But because they didn't know, like they literally didn't even think of putting an afro wig. They would rather literally destroy my hair to make it into an afro. They're just making hard work. Yeah, basically, basically. So you ever bring like a bag of wigs? I actually bring wigs on vacation with me. Oh, yes. Like it's that deep where I'm like, you know what? We need four different wigs because I'm going to be four Four different different women on this trip. I love. But you want to know what? For work, yeah, it's so difficult when it comes to wigs because I can bring it, but then who's about to lay it? And like, I can kind of do it, but it's just like, I would just rather just have either a professional person do it or just come with it already laid because I'll just start panicking. I'll be trying to lay it in his bed like, oh, and yeah, exactly. And then they'll be looking like, I thought you said it's Beyonce. <laughs> and then it's looking like Fryonce. <laughs> okay, I want to talk a little bit about you a bit more. Let's get into like the foundations and the base. And for anyone who doesn't know, you've been modeling since you were... 14. 14 is when you were scouted. Signed. Yes, exactly. And signed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Signed and scouted at 14. But again, you can't really model like full time until you're like 16. Yeah, because you're literally a kid. Like yeah. I'm sure there's some trade laws around where yeah. you can actually work. Yeah, we just slide past those. No, I'm right, no, okay. no joking. We don't. Illegal I- activity. <laughs> No, honestly, my mum was really good about that because she didn't want me to miss any school for work. So I didn't really Mm -hmm. have to do too much. So I'd shoot on the weekends or maybe like a half day here, there. But it was nothing like crazy Mm -hmm. until I was 17 years old and I went to New York for Fashion Week. Okay, How did you get scouted? What's the story? Okay, so I was coming home from school, had red hair. Blue mascara for I was there. Cool. Yeah. I was just not very fashion. Yeah, I weren't fashion. I weren't fashion. I was just there like let's live my best life. Cool. At 14 with yeah. red hair and yeah. blue mascara. Yeah, I thought I was lit, but I just must okay. have looked like a complete car crash. But right. it is what it is. I managed to get signed somehow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this guy came up to me and he was like, Hey, have you ever considered doing modeling? And I'm not gonna lie, I just thought stranger danger pedophile or something so I just ran away I literally just got onto a random bus the 93 doesn't even take me home I was just like I don't want <laughs> this just guy yeah I was just really? like Ugh. because I was just like that's just weird and so many people used to come up to me and say it but I just used to think you're just saying it because I'm tall and skinny like oh you okay. know when you see like a tall boy it's like oh you should do basketball yeah, or something yeah, I was just yeah. like cool tall girl model haha whatever yeah yeah and then so were you tall at 14 I, I've been basically the same height yeah 
Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Since I, you want to know what my my sizes on my card have barely changed. Like the height, I've always been five ten and a half. So, okay. And the thing is, I didn't even think I was that tall, and right. now I'm realizing I must look like a freak at fourteen. At fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> five foot ten. You know. Wow. Yeah. Point five. Okay. Point five. Point five. We need that point five. <laughs> Yeah. And then the next day he came back and I was like, oh my God, definitely strange danger. He's like, no, no, no. Like give this He came to- back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To find you. Yeah, to find me. Yeah, literally. Bust up. I bet, bet he saw school. like dollars in his eyes. Yeah, like, I think so. Ding, ding, ding. And you want to know what? No, and I love him. I no, still speak to him yeah. now as well. But like his persistence made me think like, Maybe this is actually something real. Okay. But then I still never called though. For like three, four months, I never went in. I was just like, ah, I'm just going to finish school first. Because only 14. So I was like, maybe when I'm 16. I just put the thing on the fridge like, maybe when I'm 16. Wow. But yeah. Then a few months later, somebody else from the same agency came up to me. And I was like, okay, this is a sign. Let me just go in. Fake Gucci belt, quiff in tow, Primark shorts, vest, <laughs> Pratt and tights. I was like, Hi guys! Like what? <laughs> so three times you were scouted. That's not just like a one-off. Clearly, yeah. there was something that agents saw in you to be like, right, we want you. Oh and I, I do say this thing that with models, and, and I know this might sound weird, no? but they're like genetically weird or genetically different. And there's obviously no. something that makes them look a certain way. Sta- the stature, the the bone structure facial Button. something there's like you're just gonna be a model because of the way you look and i've seen like, so many like asian models yeah and they don't look like the not the their yes, average population exactly, they look exactly. like an anomaly exactly so i get when someone sees someone and they're like you look like this anomaly something in a, a nicest different. way no in no i get way. it though i get not it in a horrible something way. that's different yeah that catches somebody's eye like yeah whatever it may be because i've seen some models and i'm just like so, yeah, I've done that so many times. I've literally gone like, "What? What? Are, what is this? Why like, is your skin porcelain? I don't understand." No, I'm literally confused. though. No, literally. Poor. What is this? I've seen like one guy, male model. He looks like literally like he's made out of marble. Yeah, and I'm just like, <laughs> but like really though, like he looks mad stiff too. But I'm just like, your face. I get it. It like I get it. I right? get everything that's yeah, going on. I totally get it. Mm. Amazing. So you got scouted when you were 14. But you didn't start doing any work till you were 16. Yeah, like the little jobs that I was doing, it's not anything like big. And like they were trying to prepare me for fashion week as well. So I would do like, mm, I guess the first time that I traveled by myself was when I was 15. And I went to Germany for three days to do like some little German fashion show. Because they were like, oh, just so you can like get the feel of like doing runway and stuff. Oh, the way I couldn't walk, boy, I probably ruined that show. But they might just be like, it's okay. Because at least if you just do it there and it's just like, it's like a small like student fashion week type thing there. Okay. But they were like, just to prepare you and get you used to the environment. Yeah. Oh, I probably just ruined that whole thing. Oh, well. (laughs) Did you go to Germany by yourself at 15? Yeah. Yeah. What did your mum say about that? So I know your mum's of Jamaican heritage. Yes, yes. And I know what, you know, parents can be like, you know, yeah. from the Caribbean a bit like strict. Like you're not no. going anywhere. You want to know what? My mum is like so like very like hippie, more free yoga, like Fallon Daffa. Like, oh, she's just like, you know what? Like just if you want to do it, do it. Go and be free and just like do something. Because she just trusted me. And she yeah. trusted that if I wasn't happy as well, that I would speak up. So I think that my mum and my dad was just like, what? My daughter's a model? Oh, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Love proud. it. Cool. Like, yeah. My parents yeah. are very just like free with it. So I think that that gave me the confidence as well that she wasn't scared or she didn't show me that she was scared anyways. So I felt like, you know what? It's cool. As long as I can always call her if something goes wrong, great. Okay. So you didn't go to college or did you? Or you I did. Were, you did? Okay. Amazing. But you were probably doing college 
and like working at, as a model at the same time. Yeah. Was that weird? Did people ever wonder like, hmm. oh, where's Leomi? But like, oh, I'm in Germany. Yeah. Modeling. <laughs> you want to know what? Like at first, when I first started college, it was kind of like some people knew or I'd like tell some people, but it wasn't really like a big part of who I was. I mm-hmm. saw myself as a college student. Mm-hmm. Then I feel like before I started the second year, I missed maybe the first two and a half weeks of college mm-hmm. because I was going to New York for the first time for fashion week. Right. So when I came back from that, that's when people were like, wait, what? Like you were gone for like the whole of summer, basically. Like you're in New York. Like were you staying in a hotel? Everyone thought I was rich all of a sudden. I'm like... I'm actually poorer because (laughs) of that trip, actually. I'm actually in the minus, actually, because people don't understand that with modelling, it's like... We're going to get into this. We're going to get into juice. I'm going to give you the juice. Okay, hold on. (laughs) Right. So, at 17, you went to New York for your first, like, fashion week. Yes. I think I've heard your story. You talked about, like, staying in a model house. Can we get into what it was like in a model house? I'm going to give you the real tea. And um, that first experience and how does it work because mm. I remember you were saying that you have to pay f- to be in the model house yeah you have to pay for everything everything and you might not make any money yes. or something so yes let's get oh into that oh my gosh so I remember being on the plane there and I was visualizing like an America's Next Top Model kind of situation like kind of like a glass mm-hmm. penthousey type thing colorful beds pictures of supermodels on the wall like oh eating popcorn with my girls like oh my god this is so lit oh my god when I pulled up to the house I was like Maybe the inside's better. Cool, go up the stairs, go in. When I saw that they had a TV that had the back and the colour was bare <laughs> off, I was like, I'm like, where's the rest of the... See the kitchen? Disgusting. Dishes everywhere. Dirty. I'm like, how many girls are in here? Like, girls keep popping up. Oh, hi, I did it. I'm like, how many of you... Got... I'm like, what? Go up to the bedroom. They're like, oh, I guess this is going to be your bed. Someone's stuff's even on there. She's like, oh, I'm just going to take my stuff off. I'm like, um... And it's four to a room. There was 12 girls two bathrooms the bathtub even had a dirt ring i was just oh, like oh, oh my god. no like, yeah it was just like oh my gosh and not what you expect the no. glamour of modeling yeah, in new york no, to be no because even though i'd seen pictures of the place the way the pictures it's like a complete scam it was a catfish like yeah they made it look so light and airy and beautiful but it was just like ugh, like right. not nice but i was like cool whatever like i'm still in new york mm. i was still super excited to be there who paid for the flights you the, yes because, the agency so basically how it works with um like starting as a model you have an account with your agency so mm-hmm. of course you haven't made any money yet so they're keeping notes of every little thing i'm talking about yeah. even if they buy you a sandwich you'll see 4.99 prep on your thing yeah so uh, <laughs> i'm not even joking i i learned this the hard <laughs> way i was once signed to an agency oh. not, not as a model i was like special bookings whatever you'll know boy. and i realized that a lot of my thing. money was like disappearing. They were getting taxis mm-hmm. For, mm-hmm. to send me stuff. No, mm-hmm. no, no, I will walk there with my legs and pick it yes, up. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Forty-eight pounds for a taxi. Yeah, those couriers. Yeah, no. it's a joke. It's a joke. And like, what people don't realize is that, like, even models because they don't tell you properly, mm-hmm. and that's the thing with modeling. Everything's just like you just have to learn the hard way. Smoke and mirrors. Yeah, it's hiding. completely smoke and mirrors. Mm. So every little thing is just going onto your account. So you're just going minus, minus, minus. Flights to New York, your rent, 1600 a month. And I'm sharing with 12 girls. 1600 a month. And that's back, that's almost like seven years ago. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. why is this not a penthouse in Manhattan? This is what I'm trying to say. That's why there was a lot of you, confusion caused You know that there. that's a business model. Yeah, I bet is. they're skimming off the top. They it is a business own model. the building. Yeah. Probably no, making they do. They all do. you girls yes, cut out rent. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, it's very much like 
models are just seen as a way of making money. Like once you realize as a model that you're seen as a commodity, you're not seen as necessarily a human being. Wow. That's when you start realizing I need to just boss up and I can't just be trusting people and thinking, mm. oh, this person's my family because they helped me get signed. They're not nah, your friend. Nah, you're just a cash cow. And I'm sorry, but of course you can make friends along the way in this industry, but like just always go into it knowing that people are usually looking at you thinking, what can I get from you? Whether it's Ooh. your face, your body, like whatever it may be. Connects. Like, yeah, whatever it may be. Like, honestly, it was just like, okay, <laughs> let me just tell you this one last little funny tell thing me, about this one me. department situation. So cool. The next day we had to bring our suitcases into the agency because they wanted to like go through our outfits. Because remember this is our first time with new faces. They want you, don't want you rocking up just wearing some any old outfit to go see Calvin Klein or whatever. So me, I was just basic. I was just like, Levi shorts, black vest. They'll be like, so what would you wear to like um, a Tom Ford casting? I'm like, who? I don't even know who this is. I'm like, I'm like, who? Tom Ford who? Yeah, I'm like, who? Like, I'm so, I was just like, whatever. I'll just mix the vest. And there was this one like Russian girl. She was coming with some rhinestone trousers with some palm tree print, this, this. She's like, I'll wear this with my white boots. And they're like, um... I can't even remember what her name was. We're like, no, Kelly, like, that's not, like, no, that's not, we don't wear that. And they were, like, making piles of the stuff that we could wear to class and the stuff we couldn't. So then afterwards, obviously, a lot of girls, their whole suitcase was a no. And they were like, we need to take you guys shopping. So I'm like, oh, my God, this is so America's Next Top Model. But then something in my head was like, nah, Leomi, let's just remember what this is. And you'd think 17-year-old girls, take us to Zara or H&M. no. Saxby Avenue, Bird of Goodman. By the end of that day, some of the girls were like 5K in debt. Michael Kors handbags, Gucci heels, everything. Because they're like, this is how a model should look. But it's all going on your account. So already, if you've already been there for like one, two days, you're already in debt for like nearly $8,000. Because they think that, oh, they're just taking me shopping yes yeah and not- and if you're and they're thinking wow. as well if you're paying for this that must mean that you think i'm going to make more than this but that's not necessarily true there's some psychology here yeah that's what they're doing yeah. some trickery yeah, of the mind yeah the way the girls are spinning around like carrie bradshaw in the change rooms oh, oh, i'm like they're like do you want to try on this alexander wayne t-shirt Liam? Like, i'm like i'm so good off that i was like i have a white vest at home thanks I just want to go home. I was not happy that day. I remember just thinking, this is weird. <laughs> you just realised, let me not do, it's the South London in yeah, you. Yeah, that's what I'm trying the to South say. The South London in you told, told you. Sutton it, right. Hmm, let me not Nothing's spend this free. money that isn't mine. Thank you. Nothing is free. Mm-mm. Right. So that story is crazy, but you've kind of made it out alive-ish here. Yeah. But I really wanted to explore the kind of mental health side of the modelling industry because Obviously, the whole thing is focused around looks Mm. and um, status and acclaim and everything can look very glamorous. Mm. How do you deal with that, you know, pressure on your physicality? Um, You want to know what? I came into the industry with like my mum's kind of words and my mum's teachings behind me. She always told me that. I should. I can take constructive criticism, but just to know who I am as a person and to know that mm. no matter what someone is saying to you, if they don't know you as a person, all they can comment on is like the bare minimum that they can see and know about you. That's not who you truly are as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that modeling in general, it is definitely not for everybody because the amount of rejection that you face. And the thing is you get signs because... And when you get signed, you're told, you're so beautiful. That's why we want you to sign with us. You're going to do so well. You're going to do all these things. Then you actually get put into the industry. And then all of a sudden you're being critiqued on your body. And this is like young girls. And things have changed a lot in the past like 10 years for sure. But when I very first started, it was very normal 
like do your measurements, get told, mm, yeah, you need to lose weight. Oh, I can see in your face that you've gained weight. Like I went on holiday to Turkey when I'm like 17. I came back, they were like, we can see that you gained a little bit of weight. And I was skinny. Like I was still super skinny. Can do you know you what I mean? imagine that pressure? Yeah, but it was just normal. Like, oh, you got a little bit of holiday weight. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm like literally so skinny. Like uh, my thighs barely even touched. I'm barely like in pictures. Like, no, like it's not good. It was not good. But the thing I think that was the hardest was fashion week because you go into it and you have all these dreams of doing all these big shows. You're going to castings from like 9am to 9pm up to like sometimes 20 castings a day, just running around the city and you have all these high hopes. It's a new place. You're so excited to be there. And then you just kind of get worn down like day in, day out. You're like speaking to your agency. Has anyone said anything nice about me yet? No, we haven't heard any you know feedback. What? I couldn't do this. I am <laughs> yeah. too the weak of character. I'd be it's like hard. breaking down. Yeah, girls can you imagine down? what it's like if all the time someone's saying, no, you're not right. No, you're not right. Mm-hmm. And obviously you're you're waiting for the your right moment. Mm-hmm. But what if it doesn't happen? Yeah. What if it takes like two years for mm-hmm. that moment to happen? Yeah. And that happens. That happens. Because even for me, like people, people see me now and they think, oh, she's always been doing so well. But there was a time for me, like my first show season, in the span of three weeks, I probably went to like 200 castings. Out of those 200 castings, I got one show. But luckily that one show was marked by Mark Jacobs. That's, oh, that's literally amazing. the only thing that saved me. But that's still not, in the grand scheme of things like white girls they were getting like 12 15 shows so i'm in a house with like mainly white girls i was the only dark-skinned girl in the house there yeah. was one of the mixed race girls and everybody else was white so they're all starting to get big shows and a lot of big shows so every day three shows back. every day four shows every day and i'm just like okay cool not happening for me not happening for me and then luckily mark jacobs happened to me and i'm very thankful for that opportunity mm-hmm. but there was other girls in the house as well who didn't get anything so now wow. you're like what nearly 10 grand in debt and you haven't gotten a single thing. And even when you get the shows, they don't pay. I don't get. I didn't get paid for that. Yeah. And this <laughs> is the thing. I think a lot of people think that, you know, models, every time they're work, walking a show, they're getting thousands of pounds for these shows. I wish. And what you realise is that actually mm. it's for status yeah. and for hopefully booking something later. Yes. They're not making any money on the shows. Mm-hmm. It's that it looks good. I know that big names and big faces get, might get some checks. Yeah. I can imagine that it can have an impact on your mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever had a mental breakdown? So recently mm. there was um, the model, she was crying. A Jack. Uh, a Jack, yeah. Yes. She was crying. And I saw that and you could really see the pain of, literally she's just tired. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm sure people have those moments on the phone or mm-hmm. to their friends or privately. Um, and she put hers on social media. Yeah. Have you ever had a moment like that? And what do you think triggers moments like that with other mo- models? Definitely. I've definitely had moments where I'm like, what am I doing? Especially when all my friends started going to uni, mm. I chose not to go to uni. And that's when I became a full-time model. And that's when I realized like, wow, I'm really not working every day. And that when I finished college and everyone started uni, I went through a period where I didn't work for these two months, like at all. And that's the thing with modeling as well. There's so many different variables as to why you're not working. And only once I went into my agency and I'm like, yo, like I'm not making any money. I'm not working like, hello, like what do you guys want? Yeah. And then all of a sudden I got ASOS. And then once I got ASOS, that was a regular check for me. But it was only because I started speaking up and then they're like, oh yeah, haha, Leonie's. <laughs> but yeah, they were like, oh wow. Okay, cool. We need to like do something like get things moving for her and that's when things start to pick up but I literally had like 50 pound in my account and for two months I'm like 
cool. Top and model with 50 pounds in yeah, your account. I'm looking all nice, fabulous, no, beautiful. I wasn't even looking the, nice, boy. I was oh, just at home. Instagram wasn't really that big then. Oh, so I'm just at home like... Can you imagine the pressure now as well? The girls were like yeah. wanting to look good for gram. Yeah. And then the bank account does not is compute. Low, is depleted. Does not compute. Oh my gosh, that is a lot of pressure. Yeah, it is. But in the same breath, I do find that even people who graduate uni, there's people who are out yeah. of a job for a year. Exactly. Like it, it, exactly. It does happen. It happens in every field, yeah. I think, where you can have those those moments. But the thing is with modeling is that like people have this assumption of you already. Like if you're a graduate who comes out of uni and doesn't necessarily have a job, people feel sorry for you and they understand that like you've gone through all this education, blah, 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 blah. But with modeling, people are like, well, all you do is like walk up and down the runway anyways. You probably got paid a million pounds for that anyway. So did, and I'm the like, no, like the assumptions are so wrong. And like, as a model, when you speak up and say that something isn't as glamorous as it looks, people just automatically just think, ah, they just brush it to the side. Yeah. And they think, well, you're tall, you're skinny, you're beautiful. So like, that's enough. I'm like, that's not actually paying my bills. Like what you think it is actually, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really not. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the thing that really just made me feel so mentally down at some periods of time, because especially you have your family. I look after my family. Wow. I look after a lot of people in my family. And I just had that pressure on me of like, okay, like I need to be consistent so I can be consistent to be able to help them. Yeah. And that just made me feel really down at some Mm. periods of time and you see what everybody else is doing as well oh that's the worst Mm. so what have you done or what do you do if you ever feel like you're going to be in like a mental slump can you prepare or see it or when you're in it what do you do to get out of it well, when I get into those modes, like I, I wasn't working. So I'm like, okay, what can I do that I can be fully in control of that could possibly get me to a better place? So when I wasn't working, that's when I started my own blog and platform, Crack China Cup. I was like, I like to be busy. I remember that. Yeah, yeah I, I was like trying to do my own little thing. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I was just like, I have to do something. If my, I can't just leave my fate in the hands of these people. Mm-hmm. And so I just try my best to occupy myself and just get excited about something. I get excited when I've got a new idea or a new passion and I'm like doing the groundwork and working on it. That makes me feel happy and it makes me feel like I'm in control of my life. And sure. usually with modeling, you don't really get those moments of actually feeling fully in control because even when you get something good, they make you feel like, we did all this work and now we're, we're handing it to you. That's kind of like the vibe that sometimes mm-hmm, you get. Mm-hmm. But obviously as you get older, you realize like actually no. Yeah. I think what's really important when it comes to mental health is that element of control. Yeah. And actually you can do something about it. And I think mm-hmm. even as a freelancer running my own business, that kind of thing of Stressful. like, what's going to happen with a client? Is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? I even recently just had to shut certain things down because I was like, you know what? You guys Mm. are messing my time. You're messing with my mind. Mm. I'm not going to do this. I need to take my control back. And usually when you're like proactive about where you want to go, it makes a huge difference in how you feel. And at least if you're doing something, it's better than doing nothing. nothing, Exactly. I'm presuming. Because imagine just sitting down for like two or three months, like waiting literally waiting for the phone to ring and you just feel stupid you feel stupid you feel like wow like I could have just gone to uni and been busy my friends are having so much fun yeah and then I was like the only that's that's not the path that you wanted for yourself Mm -hmm. remember that and remember that you chose this path because it's what you wanted to do not because they told you not to go to uni you decided for yourself Mm. so when you have this free time let's just do something that's productive something that makes you feel good about yourself and that's when I started my blog and then you know ASOS came so I was doing that and then things just started feeling a little bit more like okay I know why I've decided to do this now 
So are you into self-care? Do you have any self-care moments? And what Mm. does that look like? Well, my self-care moments really just look like me scrolling, looking for vintage stuff. (laughs) So (laughs) shopping. Yeah, shopping is my self-care. Yeah, I love shopping so much. Obviously, I love getting pedicures as well. Like those little, those little, like, I guess, beauty things I Mm -hmm. do love. But I feel like my self-care is really just like, I love just looking for my future stuff. So making a Pinterest board of like how I want my house to look or making a mood board of how I want the next lap collection to look. Like, even though it's work, kind of. Of, but it makes me feel excited and happy mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's like focusing on something that's super positive and just makes me feel excited that self-care I don't really like just like sitting somewhere let's talk about social media as well and the impact yeah. on mental health obviously you're very very vocal and I feel like it's amazing to see how vocal you've become furthermore I haven't mentioned this and I really want to mention this me and Leomi I'm going to try and see yeah. if I can find these clips we met when you were 17 yes, I was I watched <laughs> on YouTube back in the day. I'm talking about like seven, eight years ago. And I was doing something with like galaxy chocolate. Yeah. It was really random. It It was was. like galaxy chocolate. And they were like, oh, we want you to meet this model. Let's go do an interview. So I met Leomi then. And like I interviewed you when you were so young. I'm sure I still have the video. I had no clue what I was doing. I'd never interviewed anyone before. But it was nice. It was like It was this. actually really it was nice. nice. It was really nice. And it's so nice to see um, our glow up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we it's, a journey. Up, it's such a journey. And obviously, you were just this young girl who was just trying to make it. And you, I think you were very early then. And then now I see how much, how spoken you are, one, about the industry, and also about some of the things that you're doing. And you use social media a lot to kind of talk about things that are important to you. Definitely. Do you think that that is something that um helps you when it comes to your mental health or is just something that's valuable uh I think that it definitely helps me because I when I have my down periods I always think to myself like how can I help somebody else who might go through this in the future and that's one of the reasons why I became just so vocal about like what models go through and then ultimately like what women go through because I realized that by me being quiet I'm not helping anybody Mm. you don't help anybody when you don't speak up you don't Mm -hmm. help yourself you don't help anybody who then comes into that same space later on in, in their lives or whatever like all you do when you keep quiet is like keep it inside, you keep harboring those feelings and it just makes you feel so down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's been so many instances with modeling, like where I've experienced racism, ignorance, um, misogyny, whatever it may be. And when I was younger, I didn't want to say anything. Mm. And that used to make me feel so like messed up sometimes because it's just like, why am I being treated different just because I'm black? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that used to make me feel messed up. So once I started speaking up in those situations and realizing like, okay, I can actually change something for myself if I just say something even if it's something so small like oh this hair product doesn't work for my hair or oh is it okay if you can try and warm up my foundation like even those small things to me felt like victories Mm -hmm. and then I realized that once I started being more vocal now if another black girl comes and sits in that makeup artist chair or like hairdresser's hair maybe they won't go through the same thing that I went through because Mm -hmm. I've said something now Mm -hmm. and so that was how it kind of started to build and it did make me feel better because it's just like finally I felt like a weight was off of my chest Mm -hmm. your skin color shouldn't feel like a burden Mm -hmm. and not that it felt like a burden but I I was very aware that I am different to this girl Mm -hmm. and it's literally because my skin is different I may have a more lit personality than her which is usually the case (laughs) (laughs) I may be more like what the client wants personality wise but the difference is 
she's white, I'm black, she's going to get paid more, she's going to be better looked after than me. So if they're not going to look after me, I need to look after myself. Mm-hmm. And so Did you find helped. that speaking on social media about that has brought a change? I really feel like yeah. the whole industry has gone upside yeah. down. Literally, in a like few years, across the board, like yeah. even me as a blogger a and working percent. with beauty brands, I am booked and busy, <laughs> real booked. That's what and I, I love. Even though. now, like when I go to Paris Fashion Week, and I'm, I see the runway, and I'm like, this runway looking hella brown. Like it's, it's looking it, nice. It, it's far more diverse. Even like it's brown, it's Asian, it's black it's white it's so many different Mm -hmm. even different sizes are starting to pop up here and there Mm -hmm. and i do think the impact of social media and people saying this cannot be like this it's Mm -hmm. not normal Mm -hmm. is really creating this change which is absolutely fantastic a thousand percent i think that social media has been monumental Mm. and it's just like such an iconic thing to happen in our generation because it actually gave a voice to marginalized people like us it gave a voice to the consumer and that's the thing with fashion fashion used to be seen as this like mystery world very elitist very like you can't you can't sit with us right but then once social media came around the consumer all of a sudden had a voice and that's what i loved about it that's what i love Mm -hmm. about youtube and everything it's the consumers who decide you can't tell Mm -hmm. us any anymore what's cool we'll tell you facts what we like exactly. we'll tell you what we want and we spend accordingly which is fabulous facts. okay and sticking on social media let's just mm. talk about the like the shallow side of it yeah is there pressure especially i noticed with the models mm. one to look like super hot or like you're having the most amazing, amazing time, time. <laughs> on like someone's yacht like naked and not we love naked oh i, I love naked. i love a little <laughs> nipple here and there right you know i love, I love your it cheeks, all. a little cheek like listen <laughs> let's do it but i it's almost like this like competitiveness i see yeah with 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 people so even in your industry you're kind of all competing on social in every industry mm-hmm. people are competing a thousand percent like, is that pressure You want to know what, like, it definitely is for some people, a lot of pressure. And what you need to understand is that, like, obviously not every situation is like this. Like, my girls, they're lit. They've worked hard to get to where they are. So when they're they're living their their best lives on their birthdays and stuff, it's genuine. But I know um, a lot of girls who, when they're going to the Hamptons and on yachts and stuff like that, and people are seeing that, they're going with promoters. They're going with men. They're going... Do you know what I mean? It's a little bit different. It's not what people think. That's, listen, so, let's explore this. Yeah. So that's why I always say to people, like with social media, just don't take it as someone's actual firsthand life. Like this is not exactly how they're living. This is just what they want you to see. This mm. is just a representation of how they want you to see them. Mm-hmm. They've created, it's a curation. It's a curation of their life. So it's they're not going to show you, boy, I actually got like, you know, coach for four hours to get to da 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 and actually don't have a bed to sleep on mm-hmm. and oh I thought I had a bedroom I actually and I've I come don't. there I don't like da 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 and that's very normal like that's very yeah. normal as well amongst like the modeling co- community I'm as not well. gonna lie and I want to explore this and I don't mm, know how much go. you can say but there mm. are a lot of horror stories I've heard oh let's get into the horror when you hear like you know some of these yacht parties some of these experiences mm-hmm. that a lot of the girls are being manipulated mm-hmm. and are they have to do certain things with mm-hmm. certain people. I'm talking about older yucky men. Um to and I'm not I don't want to go too much into yeah, detail. Yeah, yeah, no, I get but you. I know there's almost a lot of um 
coercion. Mm. And I and this is why I'm all about women having their own. Facts. If I'm getting a yacht, I will pay to be on that yacht oh, myself. I want to be able to leave if I feel uncomfortable. Me too. I want to feel safe mm-hmm. that nothing's going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. And I real I've seen and heard so many stories of these girls who have been um treated quite badly mm-hmm. by these men who have lots of money and put them in these positions and say, well, I've got money and you're here because of me and you've got to mm-hmm. do what I say. Mm-hmm. How much truth is there in into this being the case? Um, I think that it is very true. There's definitely instances where that happens to young women because they're vulnerable and they're already far away from home. Mm. Um, I think that what people need to understand about modeling as well is that like it's not just a job it's a whole lifestyle yeah. and it's very hard for people to keep up and I think it starts from small things so there's girls who will come they come to America they don't want to have to live in a model apartment or they sometimes feel it's too expensive and they can't afford to live there so promoters sometimes have model apartments too but to even live there you have to go out partying four times a week mm. so if you're already in that situation you're sending money back home you don't want to have to pay rent now you're living with a promoter if he starts doing all these trips and whatnot whatnot showing you a life style you just falling head over heels into it you're already living with him for free and now you're going on these trips and stuff so then if he starts introducing you to like people who don't have good intentions you feel pressure because it's like okay i'm already living with this guy and now he's introducing me to somebody else who can he's putting me in a very awkward situation like how do i deal with that and for some girls they just it's just easier to just you do what's... You get sucked in yeah. and you get messed yeah. up. Yeah, and it's, it happens. Control is so important. Like being aware of what's going on and being prepped and having your mm-hmm. own, I think is essential. It is essential. And I'm presuming that if they don't have enough money, sometimes they've got to have a side hustle and that side hustle might be waiting tables, but you oh, don't really yes. want to be waiting tables. Some will do it mm. or doing some delivery or do some <laughs> Uber driving um, <laughs> or sometimes you have to hook up. Because yeah. I, I know there's a lot of this going on. Yeah. And you know what? I'm all for getting your coin to be... <laughs> That's yeah, saying, get, your, like, coin. Like, listen, get your coin. You but need be to happy be sugar, baby. Be happy and safe. Happy and safe. That's safe. it. That's the thing. Happy and safe. Yes. If you're going to be a sugar babe, be, be, a, be a good one, yeah. high level and safe. Yeah. And get good coin. Yeah, um, be with a nice sugar daddy, not some glucose granddad who's there just flipping pollutant your life. Giving you diabetes and all that. Granddad. Yes. With wrinkles. <laughs> Ill. Because it happens, boy. It does. Um, and it is quite scary. And actually, let's explore this a little bit more because I feel like there's obviously, you're seeing now the models who are well connected. Mm. They're from rich families. Their f- family's already famous. We're mm-hmm. not going to say names. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. we already know we are. And then there's the models who... You know, we know of the Kate Mosses and the Naomi's who came from literally ground up from yep. yourselves. And there's so many of like these Russian girls who've been picked from obscurity yep. from some random village. Yep. And they're sending, trying to send money home. They're yep. trying to, everyone's just trying to make a living. And then if you are that, you've, you've come from that. Mm-hmm. And then you're almost up against these girls that have everything. Everything. Is it very difficult? And does it cause tension in the industry? Um, yes, for And sure. it must lower rates as well. Yes, there's so many things that lower rates, man. Like, we'll get into that too. But in regards to like, let's just call them like the it girls, like Mm. or like the the new girls who are coming up, who obviously come from like families that are already well known. Um, When it first started, like when they first started coming around in the industry, for sure, it caused a a lot of tension. And not necessarily with me, because I'm just like, I'm just the type of person, like if I meet you on face value and you're a good person, 
And I can see that you genuinely care about what you're doing because some of these girls, they're very, very, very passionate about it and they actually want to work hard and you really can tell the difference. At the start, you couldn't because obviously you're just like, oh, you're new and you're doing everything. But now a few years down the line, you can see who is considered to be like a real model now. Do you know what I mean? But when it first, like when these girls first start coming around, there's some models who are not with it. Like I'm talking like not with it as in Mm. like, you're trying to come here with your manager. Like we don't come with our manager. You you get to eat different food. You don't have to do rehearsal. You don't have to do casting. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. And some girls, I know some of my friends, they were not rocking with it. And they were making sure those girls felt it. Oof. They made sure that they felt it. I wasn't there, but I've heard a lot of different things that went on backstage. And some of those girls, they, they really knew what was up. But, you know, fast forward to now, it's definitely a thing where... We've had to accept it is what it is. But then I feel like it's also given models more of an opportunity to be more of a personality person too. Mm-hmm. Um, now people want to know what models are doing as much as what these girls are doing, if yeah. not more so because they see us as more, a little bit more, not relatable, but we they feel like we don't really know what these models were about before. Mm-hmm. But they see obviously like the reality TV girls and stuff like that. They know everything that's going on with them. Yeah. So I think it's definitely a balance. But at first... Old versus new. There me, was a little bit of tension. Oh, more, oh. Yeah, more than that. Mm. More than that. People were definitely feeling very um, victimized. Have but... there ever been any fist fights? No, you <laughs> know, models don't, models don't really rock with the fist fights. We all know, like, we can't be doing <laughs> too much. Yeah, we can't be doing anything around yeah. this region. But yeah, like, well, not fist fights or anything like that, but it was definitely I can imagine, like, like Bella Hattie Deed, like, just punching someone. <laughs> no, but you want to know what? Bella's really sweet. Like, okay. Bella, she's a, she's a cool girl. And you want to know what? With Bella, like, I know for a fact that she really wants this. She wants this yeah. and she works hard. So I, I, hats off to her. Like, she actually really works hard. But there's other people for sure who, like, they they know for a fact that they don't have to do everything or they feel like they can just pick and choose whenever they feel like, oh, I want to do something. I want to be a model today. I'm going to be a model today. Yeah. And they get paid so much more. Like so, so much so, money. Like, so, like, it's crazy rich get richer yeah and then it's like imagine a fashion show with say like 60 girls one of those girls can be walking in they could be getting like o- like od money like sometimes like hundreds of thousands they can get to walk a show but then a girl who's a new face she's not getting paid mm. so that's why there's always that kind of tension tension sometimes between people but now it's just like what are we gonna do Mm. Am I going to go home and cry or am no. I just going to put and, my heels on and walk? <laughs> and you know what? Talent inevitably will trump, yeah. trump it all. Yeah, Talent exactly. and brains, in exactly. my opinion. Exactly. So what are some of the challenges you faced? Ooh. Now or in general? Because it's like there's so many different things that I can think of that as a challenge. Because generally speaking with modeling, I think the the biggest challenge now is how to stand out in an industry where every single day there is a new face and there's a new model. And as much as like diversity and like street casting and all these things, it's a great thing because it allows people to feel more represented when they see the campaign. For models, it's obviously hard to adjust to that um, if you haven't already established yourself. Mm. Because all of a sudden now, for example, an econ client who I used to shoot with, a model will be getting paid a thousand pound a day Take away the 20% from your agency, take away 30% or 20% for tax. So it's really not like once all this yeah. tax stuff. But anyways, they could be getting a day rate of what's meant to be a thousand. A street cost person for the same client doing exactly the same job, they're getting 200 pounds. So now that particular um, e-com client, most of their models are street cost because they're just like, 
Why should I pay? Why should I be paying a thousand pounds when we can literally get this person? People who who come from Manchester to shoot for this client. So your train ticket's already your day rate, basically. I think there's a place where some people are just happy to be there. Like I can say I'm doing it, of course, rather than seeing it as an actual business model, like. As the models see, this is my job. I've been yes. doing it for seven years. Yes. I need to be paid at my appropriate rate. Where someone will just be like, ah, this is amazing. Yeah. But I think that's what, you know, an industry with so much pull, especially yeah. for young people, is going to have. Mm-hmm. I wanted to actually touch on the, like, the, the diversity thing because I feel like now, like, you know, melanin is popping, brown skin, <laughs> you know, brown skin girl. We love it. Do you feel like there's an element of it that's a bit too trendy? And if it's a trend that's here, is it a trend that will go? Um, mm. And is there any way to kind of claim back control and make it less of a Token, hot commodity? Yeah. Right now, for sure, it is a trend. As you said yourself, you're booked and busy. I feel like before when I used to speak up, before it was a trend, like even my agency would be scared. Like, oh, Leomi, like keep it cute. Like, keep don't it say anything. Don't say too much. Like they were worried that it was going to have an adverse effect on me. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I started speaking kind of just at the right time and just before it became like, oh, we actually want to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a trend right now. And I think the way that we can keep it, it's the consumer. Like I want people to understand like supporting black models and um, models of other um, ethnicities is very important. Follow them on social media, get them the same engagement that these other girls are getting. Mm-hmm. That's really important because that's what people are going off of. So yeah. I know it sounds something so small and stupid, but like say for example liking a, a black model's photo on instagram and commenting and showing support yeah. that means that when you know clients are looking they're seeing okay she's getting x amount of comments and she's getting x amount of engagement that's cool she's getting the same engagement as this girl right here like so it makes you it makes you you know it just gives you a little bit of weight and, and leverage. I, this is what i say in in every industry every it's industry. about like you know People as a whole, like, it's okay to look at people who don't look like you. It's okay to support these other people. Um, We're all human. We all kind of have red blood underneath. Mm -hmm. And open your eyes to a world that's a little bit different. And I think that the more that people connect with people outside of themselves, the the better we all do. A thousand percent. We all do. And, like, if you like seeing somebody who might not necessarily represent you, but might represent your friend or someone in your family, whether it be age, size, race, whatever, like support them as well, because Mm -hmm. it really does help. Because right now, the way that the industry is going, I don't think they, nobody really knows what's happening. No one really understands like what is meaningful, what's a trend, what's going to stay. But for diversity and especially being a black model, I feel like the way that we can keep it like, pop in keep seeing these black faces on the runway is by supporting each other by doing stuff like this mm-hmm. by speaking out and just supporting one another like it's honestly the only thing that's going to make sure that all these brands who are run by like older white men mm-hmm. usually it's the only thing that's going to make them realize that this these people here to stay because yeah. right now they're like it's hot right now yeah. we can go on, on twitter and be like y'all want our chicken sandwiches and hot you know there yeah hashtag. hashtag yeah you can you can go and do, do all of that but it's like the way that it's going to stay is by us supporting each other and that also involves spending and yes, i think it does. as well like consumerism in the right places where you put your money is very, very important. Okay, um, now you're popping. 
let's be very honest with, about that. You, you, you're you at the Dior events. You're travel, you travel all over the world. You are on the yachts, right? You, you do have the lifestyle. How do you stay grounded? Oh, mate, here's the funniest thing. Like, I'll go to these events. When I'm coming home, I'm going to link up with my friends the same way that I used to when I was just driving my little Mini Cooper, the same way that I used to before I even had a car, before any of this. I go and link my friends. I link my family. I just, my life hasn't changed. Like, my life outside of modeling hasn't changed at all. I'm still living at home when I'm in London. Yes, in New York, I have my really cute, like, apartment and stuff like that. But I always know, like, where I'm the happiest is when I'm with people that I love. Mm-hmm. And... I don't really, I, I enjoy the industry and these events and stuff is cool, but I know that it's fake. I know that it's not real. And so when I go to these events and I'm doing all this stuff and I'm posting pictures, like I want people to understand that I'm not, the. it's my life. It's part of my life. Yes, but it's not me as mm. a person. This is just something that I have to do in order to keep relevant, to have content, to meet the right people yes but it's not me yeah Yeah. exactly whereas for some people it really is them like they get upset if they're not invited to these events they feel i've seen feel like fomo even my industry yeah of course of course people be emotional like why didn't i get to stay in the nice hotel room and complaining like why am i not on this trip like it's really not that deep yeah it's not that deep like and obviously in some instances especially like and i see a lot in the beauty community as well that like it sometimes it is that deep because you're like why Am I the only person that's not invited when everybody else looks a certain True. way? Yeah. Yes, but in with modeling, I'm like, bro, like these events and stuff like that, like they they happen all the time now. Yeah. It's not even the same as how it used to be where it was like less and it actually meant more. Like, okay, mm-hmm. if I'm going to go to a, a dinner with Dior or whatever, it's because I want to build a relationship with them. Yeah. Like now there's so many different events and stuff that it's just like you have to, if you want to make something happen for yourself, you can't just go to the event. You need to actually put yourself out there even more. It's like yes. more work that has to go behind it. Sure. So I just want people to understand that, yeah, there's the glitz, the glamour, but like you need to stay grounded or else actually all this glitz and glamour one day it's just going to fade away and you're going to realize I didn't do anything with this okay so I was reading somewhere that you used visualization to secure your Victoria's Secret um job and I'm so into like the secret and thinking about what you want and being positive Mm. and that actually you can achieve what you put your mind to tell me a little bit more about that and how you think that actually works so when I first got Victoria's Secret, um, some people might know this, some people won't, but um, it was actually the third audition that I actually got the job. Mm-hmm. And the first two times when I went in, I wanted it so badly. And even though like looks wise, I, I looked the same pretty much each year that I went in. But when I went in, I still had this tiny little thing of like, if you don't get it, it's just because like, you're just not ready yet or you're not sexy enough. Like I couldn't visualize myself walking down that runway, I'm like, oh, I look so like, I'm kind of like tomboyish and awkward. I'm like, oh, do you even think you could like do that? And I had that tiny voice. And even though I knew like I could possibly do it, but just that little fleck of doubt of like, "Mm, but there's also a possibility that I couldn't. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's why I didn't get it the other times. The third time when I went to bed, I would literally like close my eyes and see myself walking down the runway. That's when I got my first weave as well. I was like, no, 
these people need to see it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Because one thing I will say as well, as a, as a black model, however you go in, I feel like that's how they see you. Whereas with right. a white girl, she can go in with a shaved head and they can visualize putting a, a wig on her and like, or bleaching her hair or doing this and that. But with a black girl, I feel like they just judge you on just like, however you look at that point in time. So I feel like when I decided like, Leomi, no, you can do this. You can be a Victoria's Secret model. I can see it. I was like, cool, did my hair. I was like, yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Put the curls in my makeup I'm like if I don't get this then I don't know what's wrong like that's how I mm-hmm. felt when I went into that room and I even said to them I was like third time's a lucky charm I didn't freshly install this weaving for nothing so you know like made them laugh and I was yeah. like phew cool you understood that's humor but I'm actually not joking though <laughs> I was literally like ha 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 but really I really want this yeah and I just felt like Leomi like just give them exactly what you see when you're closing your eyes give them that mm-hmm. and it it came true and like that's when I really thought, do it, believe it, see it, and it will happen. How long did you visualize for? And was it like an active decision? You were like, right, every night I'm going to spend five minutes thinking about me walking down the runway. Was it something like that? No, it was uh, like, it was just something that was in my thoughts all the time. Like right. all the time. It wasn't like, okay, I'm going to dedicate five minutes. I know some people like to write things or make a mood board. My thing was literally like, if I'm listening to music, I'm literally like visualizing my walk. I will practice my walk in my little apartment in Harlem in New York. I was just so focused on getting it. I watched every single Victoria's Secret show. Like that's more my prep. And I enjoy that as well because I loved seeing who are my favorite girls? What are they doing that makes them my favorite? And it's the personality. Mm-hmm. And you, you can do your makeup, your hair, however, but it's bringing your personality. Who that's going to make you you and make yeah. you pop. Are you someone who sets goals for yourself? And do you find that you meet them? And if you don't, do you think there's a reason as to why? Yeah, I set goals for myself all the time. But one thing that I had to change was putting a time limit on my goals. Mm. When I was, you know, earlier on in my modeling career, I'd say stuff like, oh, I want to shoot like Vogue within one year. If I don't shoot it within one year, that that means like I'm not getting to where I'm going because I was looking at other people's journeys and being like, okay, she's done this show. Off the back of that show, she's now done this campaign and blah, 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 blah. So I tried to plan my career like that. So Mm -hmm. I'd be like, okay, I want to shoot this many editorials or I want to get a beauty contract by this time. And like, even now I haven't got a a beauty contract, but when I was younger, that was one of the things Like every year I'd say, I really want to get this beauty contract and it wasn't happening for me. But then I realized, Leomi, do you want a beauty contract or do you want to get to a point where you're financially stable and you just think that a beauty contract is the way that's going to happen? Mm. So once I just got out of my head, like you can have an idea and a vision of what you want to do, but you're never going to know the journey or you're never going to know what's going to come about to make it materialize. And mm-hmm. I never thought I was going to get a Victoria's Secret contract. Uh, let me tell you, like, even though I'd walked for the four years in a row, I had zero idea that there was any possibility of me becoming an angel. Like when I looked at all those girls, I'm like, they're just so amazing. They're so beautiful. Like, I just don't think that I'm that girl. Even though I'd walk yeah. the show, I still had that feeling. Yeah. Because only a select few yeah. are actually angels. Yeah. At the moment, right. there's how many of us are there? Maybe like 16 of us. Okay. And they don't, they, like the last time they got a new angel was six years ago or wow. seven years ago, I think. Yeah. So it's just... It's just crazy to me, but I got the contract, but it wasn't the beauty contract, but it gave me the exact thing that I wanted, that feeling. The stability. The stability, exactly. So now I have goals and ideas of what I want to do, but I just can't put a time limit on it. You can't do that to yourself because then you just feel like you're disappointing yourself when you're not. You're still making progress. It's just not as speedy Gonzalez as somebody else. Mm -hmm. You're in your own lane. So stop looking at what other people are doing and how quickly they've achieved things. Do you think that, people looking at what other people do can impact 
their health, their mental health, and how they feel about their own achievement, especially Mm -hmm. in a world with social media. Oh, a million percent. And we like talk about it all the time on lap because I think that social media, it puts out so many different messages. It puts out messages about how you're meant to look, the lifestyle you're meant to live, the people you're meant to be around, the brands that you're meant to be wearing, everything. Like everything can be dictated by social media, depending on who you follow and how much you decide that you want to ingest or invest in that lifestyle and I think that impacts mental health so much like so much because it makes people feel inadequate it makes people feel like oh my gosh Kylie Jenner she's got xyz she's doing billion dollar brand yeah this this this, that and like oh my god her brand made this much in a year so if her brand can make a billion then my little brand should be making like at least a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand the first year it's like don't try and like compare apples to oranges because Everybody is a different fruit, okay? I always say comparison is a thief of joy. It is. You have to like stay in your own lane to kind of stay sane. Don't watch left, don't watch right. Your journey is yours. You can't because everybody is unique. Everybody has their own journey and their own path. And who's to say that you're not going to get something even better than that person, Mm -hmm, but you might have mm -hmm. to just go through way more shit to get it. And it might happen at a different time. (laughs) Exactly. And I've seen this happen even a lot. Like There were times where I was like, I wasn't big. I wasn't popping. I was just doing what I was doing. And then I'd see all these people who are like the biggest, the most popular, they're at everything. And I would look at them and be like, oh my gosh, like, look how amazing they're doing. I'm not doing as well. And how tables completely flip like this is why you have to respect everyone at every level oh my gosh every level because you do (laughs) not know what can happen in three years every level treat everyone with the same level of accountability and what i love is when you see the people who are up here and when they drop all the way down oh oh so it was (laughs) oh they forgot they didn't know who you were now they're like hey 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 no, no, no. <laughs> that one is the worst. Treat everyone the same at every facts. level. That's facts. very true. Okay, so you've mentioned lap a fair few times. Please explain what that is because I don't think everyone knows. Yeah. If you don't know, you should know. Yes, right. So basically, lap is my clothing brand and platform. Lap stands for Leomi Anderson, the project, the purpose. And it actually started because I wrote a post on my own personal blog, Crack China Cup, and it was basically about consent and the, the pressures that young girls undersend nudes. And it just kind of went viral. I was like, what? Like, I, when I put it out there, I didn't know what to expect, but I Who was sending expect- nudes? No, basically, one of my followers DM'd me and was like, Leomi, can you write about this? Because, like, I feel like so many girls are just like, they don't have something or someone just giving them the real on it. And I just basically explained to these girls, like, you're not a prude if you don't do something. Don't allow someone to pressure you into doing something that you don't feel comfortable with. And I have like young cousins and stuff. So I was like, I I felt so happy to put something out there for them. And off of the back of that, I got to speak at an all girls school. And when I spoke to the girls and asked them like, okay, so if a boy asked you to send news, like who are you going to go to for advice? Because obviously don't send it straight away. Like go and ask for advice. And they said, older sister, cousin, or a friend. But if they don't have a sister or a cousin, then who are you going to? Mm. And if your friend's already sending nudes, she'll be like, yeah, girl. Send your Join nudes. me. Yeah. Join Team Titties. With your face <laughs> in the shot as well. And then when it yeah, gets spread around. No, no. No. So that's actually what made me Send nudes started. without your face in them. That is my advice. <laughs> like, literally. Just do body, oddy, oddy. That's it, okay? <laughs> but no, but if you're underage, don't, don't do it. Don't send nudes. Don't, Agree. Just don't do it, period. Okay. And so off the back of that, I realized that I wanted to do something for young women. I knew I wanted to create a space for young women online where they could just get the real reels. So anyone can write for lap. You don't have to be a professional writer. And I feel like that 
niche just made it such an open and honest space for, for people to be able to talk about anything. And obviously I love fashion. I love clothing. I love designing. I just love the whole business of fashion. So I always knew I wanted to do something along that vein. So I started doing like t-shirts and collections that kind of highlighted women's issues. So I did the This Pussy Grabs Back hoodie that Rihanna then wore yes, to Women's I March. remember when Rihanna wore that. Yeah, oh, that popped I, I was had, like, you Hallelujah. You had t-shirts as well. Yes, I had t-shirts. I bought the, the t-shirts when they came yes, out. Yes, exactly, you did. And oh. then it's really grown. So obviously you had the platform, which you do have the platform, which is the blog and yes. the, the the writing and the the messaging. And then you have the clothing side yes. to it as well. Yes, we love a little bit of yes. entrepreneurship. I'm just trying. I'm trying We've got a couple Rihanna hats. wearing hoodies. Yes, I was so what? happy. I don't think you understand. When people started like tweeting me this picture, I was like, oh my God. I was like, oh my gosh. It was even some blurry picture. I was like, yep. I posted the blurry one straight away. I'm like, yep, Rihanna's wearing my thing. And then when she posted on her page, I was like, oh my God, thank you. My prayers have been answered because I basically shot for Venti in December and I just gave it to her then. Like I brought it with me on set because I was like, this is like, I have to, like what? Like, Hold I on, to. this is a line. Leomi was prepared. Ooh, she was shooting prepared. with Rihanna and she came and said, here Rihanna, I have something for you. She didn't come empty handed. Nah, nah. She brought the sauce. I brought the sauce. Remember, <laughs> preparation. What do they say? There's a sentence um, about that. Uh, what was it? Something prepared to, fail to prepare, prepare to fail? No, no, so, there's another that's one. That's one, but there's like, another one. Though. Like success is about pre preparation. Anyway. It's about source, okay? It yeah, is. It you're is. ready. I was so nervous. I was like, okay, let me just give it to her. Who knows if she's going to wear it? She has so many clothes, you know? Sure. And then when she wore it to something that was so poignant, like I'm so thankful for her for doing that because even though I don't know what she was thinking in her head, but she doesn't understand that for me, it was like such a big deal because... It was a brand, obviously, I've just started. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted people to understand what it was about. And the message was really strong. And I, at the time, like those hoodies were selling like, like once once a week, maybe, if yeah. that. And then after she wore it, like completely sold out. Sells Whole business out. drama. That was just a whole drama that I just couldn't keep up. Can we talk about this? Because <laughs> yeah. I remember you recently tweeting about oh you've my had gosh, some yeah. issues with your ex-business partner. Okay, let's just get into this because yeah. I do find that some of us girls, we don't necessarily know everything about business. Mm -hmm. And then we do go into partnerships yeah. with people because that we think are going to help yeah. us. And Literally. realistically, they're not even trying to, one, let you know everything. Mm -hmm. Two, they're doing something, you know, Definitely undercover. Triggered. And my goal for every woman, you need to know everything. Don't just do creative. Where's yeah. the paperwork? Yep. Like, are you on, on the deeds? Or you need to be on everything. On everything, And, and this is where, like, mistakes happen. Because yep. sometimes we get left out or left in the dark and we're doing all the, all the, the fun, actual stuff. fun stuff. And the hard stuff as and well. And the hard stuff and the creativity. And then they go, they're taken off the side. Yeah. What happened? Tell, tell so, us the tea. Yeah. Can't talk too much because apparently... Apparently, I can be sued even though I don't mention names or anything, but okay, whatever. I'm not going to get sued. Legal so I issues. Care. I don't care because I want people to understand that in business, sometimes when people come to you and they offer you something that seems just like such a dream. So basically, last year, July, obviously, I didn't have my contract then. I'm just working, whatever, whatever, living my life. And you had already designed at least three collections. Oh, by yeah, then. I designed. And the thing is, I still designed and produced everything. Yeah, yeah. I, and I was paying for everything out of my own pocket from like the shoots, the e commerce everything like I was handling everything and even at the beginning it was me like mailing out stuff doing customer service I was doing every aspect of the brand but financially this time last year January I was um, July sorry I was like if I try and drop another collection I'm gonna have no money 
Because you were investing all your money. Yeah, into I was it. literally investing all my money into my brand, and it was so difficult, and I just felt so stuck because. I had previous people who I was working with, not as like a business partnership, but he was just like helping me like manufacture stuff. But at the time I didn't realize how much I was being overcharged. And this is why it's so important guys, don't be scared to ask questions and to also just do your research. Don't just be trusting what people are telling you. Mm. And I hate, at the time he was very much like, the first person who I was working with very much like, oh, like I want to support like black businesses, blah, 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 blah. But really it it wasn't really that because you're making so much money off of off of like what we were trying to do. Are you talking about from a production perspective? Yeah, he was helping me produce stuff, but he wasn't telling me the actual proper cost of something. So he was marking up way high. So I'm literally just, he's basically just getting free money off of me for doing nothing. So anyways, whatever, we're cool now. <laughs> um, so when this guy came along, who now I have an issue with, everything, I was like so down and I was like, how am I going to be able to keep up with everything? And again, the pressures of social media and stuff, my brand looked so good and it was doing so well. The blog was doing well, but like financially it was draining me. Mm. So when Cause you have to fund things yeah, in the beginning to exactly, get them, them exactly. started. People don't know you have to invest like really though. before you turn around like those big numbers. Exactly. Yeah. So when he came along, I felt like finally a, a situation where I ha I'll have the business infrastructure and that's what he was offering me. So like the business knowledge helped me do a business plan and obviously he was going to pay for things as well. But really in the end, didn't really pay for that much in the grand scheme of things, but I was still doing all the work. He made me increase the numbers that I was ordering. He told me because he was going to get me buyers means of all these different people. That didn't happen. So then we just ended up with such a big surplus of stock because he's the one that pressured me to order more, make more, do more. But really... And didn't pay for it. No, he, he well, actually he started paying for it. But then sometimes if he chose not to answer his phone or whatever, I was still paying for things and I was still paying for all the marketing, all the shoots, all the Facebook ads, whatever. Like I was still paying for a majority of, thing, of everything and doing all the designs and even paying like the graphics people who were helping me design my stuff. So really I was like, okay, you're paying for the product, but that's not even like the most costly thing. Mm -hmm. If you really think about it, it really is all this extra stuff that you have to do. And anyways, the relationship just kind of broke down from there. And when I spoke to him a few months ago and I explained to him, like, I don't feel that this is working out, blah, blah, blah. He seemed to be so understanding. He said, let's just give it like another three to six months. We did that. And when I've come to him as of like recently saying, you know, this isn't really working out. That's when now he's turned around and he's like, oh, well, I still have stake in this. But here's the thing. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. And God really like looked out for me on this one. I didn't sign anything with him. Good. I didn't give him access to the banking. And those are those two things are the things that really like are... Uh, I'm so thankful for in this situation and I appreciate everything that he's done for me and we can't help sometimes that relationships mm. just don't work out so as much as it's been like such a, a negative situation for me and it's made me feel so down like so anxious I, I'm not angry at him anymore mm. it's just that I want to just move forward from it now yeah. but now it's been two months that I haven't had any of my stock because he won't release it back to me so here's the thing right <laughs> when it comes to business and product making that you must be in control mm -hmm. so i people know i'm an excel boffin i live on yeah. spreadsheets i love I that after this we're gonna do a spreadsheet yeah, i'll share a spreadsheet yeah, with share you because if the numbers aren't right you have to you can only scale up according to how much you can afford or can't afford and then sometimes you might need to get an investment but actually sometimes a bank loan might be better than I know. people offering you something what do you want exactly what do you actually want so I can imagine it's difficult but I think that everybody always has to come from some kind definitely. of pressure in the beginning definitely and then I've seen even the new designs that you have they're popping off oh, everywhere thank you. Thanks. so I think design quality 
brand will trump everything. Exactly. And then, you know, cash flow is very important as well. Cash flow is important, but that's why... From the right sources. But that's why I'm not... There's no more sources. That's why I'm so thankful for this Victoria's Secret contract because that's the only thing that would have made, made me, like, be able to... Afford con- to continue, continue to invest in the I'm business yourself. You, if this contract didn't come, you'll just see the lap page just... I'll just be like... Do you see delete. this? But <laughs> what I think is amazing is that, you know... Things have collided at the right time. Yes. You've got the Victoria's Secret contract to then help you fund yeah. your dreams and your business. Yes. Which Literally. is amazing. Can only thank God. And it's the right time. Literally. It all works out inevitably if you are focused and dedicated. I love yeah. That. Yeah. And just obstacles are going to come. People are always going to try and come. When you're lit and you're doing something right, you're going to attract good people and you're going to attract people who just want to take something from you. You just need to open your eyes to decipher what people who those people are and what their mm-hmm, intentions are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. We're going to do a drop and give me 20. Okay. So these are just some quick fire questions. Um, just so we can find out a little bit more about you. Okay. So London or New York? London. Really? London, a thousand percent. Yeah. yeah no, New York's full of weirdos and it smells a little bit too. And there's roaches. So no. And I, oops. <laughs> Describe your life in one word. Insane. The first thing you do when you wake up is... Go on Twitter and check that all my old celebrities are still alive. Like, yeah, I always have this thing, like, one day I'm going to open it. I'm going to see, like, someone who I really love has died. Like, I don't want, like, Morgan Freeman or something. Like, I'll be so sad about that. So I just always check on trending to see that everyone's still alive. I'm not joking. That's, like, the first thing that I do. That's weird. Are you more (laughs) introverted or extroverted? Extrovert. Hair products or makeup products? Hair. Biggest pet peeve? Okay, one of my biggest pet peeves definitely has to be random one, but when you're waiting for your luggage to come off of the thing and everyone just like crowds really close around it so no one can see their suitcases, even though there's a line and a barrier showing you how far you should stand so everyone can see their bags. Yeah. I, I find it annoying because people be acting like, why are you trying to grab your bag past me? Maybe this is a back. bougie pet peeve. Yeah, it is. But that's <laughs> just the first one I could think of because I just traveled and I just experienced yeah. it. Last person you text? My boyfriend. You relax by? Watching Netflix. What's the thing you think about most when you're alone? How I'm going to succeed and level up. Level up. Mm-hmm. Early mornings or late nights? Late nights. I hate early mornings. Great books you've read recently? The, obviously the Michelle Obama book. Oh, amazing. Your biggest inspiration is? My biggest inspiration is Rihanna. One of my biggest inspirations for sure. Yeah, we all love her. She's just such yeah, a boss, she's right? she's a goat. Your last meal on earth would be? Ooh, okay. Is it like free course meal or? Let's make it a free course. Okay, free course meal. Starter has to be something along the lines of like a jumbo prawns, main, uh, like a surf and turk, like a lobster tail with a steak as well with garlic butter, some really nice fries. Dessert, something with caramel. Caramel is my, my favorite. Just Why did I think you'd say like caramel. rice and peas and like curry goat? That no, would you, be me. No, you want to know what? Yeah, because last meal, it has to be something I can't have every day. Like I can eat that. Every, I eat that a lot. And oh, I can okay, cook fine. it as well. And it has okay. to be something that I can't cook. Okay. What's something you're really bad at? Maths and finance. Yeah. We'll have a conversation after. Yeah, I need your help. There. Biggest regret in life so far? Okay, let me say biggest regret within modeling has to be uh, doing this job. It was a a hair job and allowing them to like cut my hair 
and because just because I was too scared to say something, but they weren't actually meant to. That's probably one of my biggest regrets because I cried so, 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 so much and it could have just been prevented if I just stood up for myself in that point. So that's probably one of my biggest regrets. Like I always wish I could go back to that point and just say, Leomi, you're going to make so much more money than what this job is. But at the time it seemed like so much. But it would, it. Yeah, but it wasn't worth it because my hair was like destroyed for like four years after that. The one thing you can't live without is... Lip gloss. <laughs> yeah, I can tell your lips are glistening right yeah, now. I like to keep it close by. Who are you becoming? I'm becoming an entrepreneur. I feel like I'm moving out of just being labeled as a model. I think that I'm moving into a realm where I feel like I can do anything. I'm just becoming, I'm just becoming like a multifaceted like being, I think. Who you want to be, right? Yeah, who I want to be. Yeah, just like, just free. I'm becoming a more free version of myself. When you meet someone you're attracted to, what's the first thing you notice? Definitely eyes, Mm. teeth and kicks. Because I I always be looking at kicks, yeah. Because kicks tell you a lot about a person. And their style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like, style is one thing, but your choice of shoe is, like, a whole other thing. Because, yeah, that means a lot to me. A lot. Right, so we're going to quickly address what's in your wallet. You know, we're nosy over here. Don't mind. Uh, We like to talk about this kind of stuff because I feel like people don't like to talk about money stuff. And I think it's so valuable for us to address this in lots of different areas. Mm -hmm. So you said on your TED Talk that every model is technically already in debt when they start. Yes. And you've mentioned that a bit about the model apartments, cost and flights. Um, How did you navigate that? Oh, I was just broke in it for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I literally, I worked at Abercrombie & Fitch whilst modelling for a, a year and a half. I tried to get another, and you want to know what? Yeah, I tried to get another job after that at, you know, Gilly Hicks. And when the woman said to me, oh, yeah, um, why are you wearing your hair in a ponytail? You can only wear it down. I said, oh, I can't get this job. You're not going to do this. Yeah, and yeah. literally, that's the only reason why, like, I completely stopped, like, even having, like, a second job. Because I was just like, this is just too much rules. She was like, oh, your nails are too long, this, that. I'm like, that's, Abercrombie wasn't like this. So don't try and apply these rules to me now. And you're the same partner brand. Like, no. No. And that's when I was just like, let me just, just go out on my own. Are you good or bad with money? Here's the thing. I'm actually quite good. I'm actually quite good. I feel I, like you don't waste money. It depends on what people consider to be waste. Mm. Because to me, buying like a vintage designer bag is never going to be a waste. Mm-hmm. But to me, like the same price that I would pay on a ha- pair of hand, like a handbag, I would never spend on like a pair of jeans. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I can spend like four or five hundred pounds on a bag and I'll be like, well, this is just amazing. But like... I would not spend that on like a jacket or jeans or anything like right, that. Right, okay. So it's like a balance. It's a bit weird. But I, I think generally I'm okay with money, but I'm not tight. I'm one of these people who's just like, ah, I'm always going to make more, aren't I? But at the same time, I also have in the back of my mind, the Amy, remember when you were broke? So it's like a balance. <laughs> it's yeah. a balance. I'm, I think I'm all right. I've learned a lot. And is it because of the things that you've gone through that you've learned to be better with money? Yeah, because I didn't understand like... For, Imagine being like 17, you're trying to do your taxes and nobody else in my family was self-employed. Um, you know, my mum, even though she works in a bank, she's just like a bank clerk. It's just like, it was new to all of us. Mm-hmm. It was new to all of us. And all we were trusting was whatever my agency were like yeah. telling us and introducing us, introducing to us. But really what I thought was my savings. So when I was younger, I thought, yeah, I'm so cool. I've saved like so much money. Mm. Then this tax bill came and I'm like, wait, 
this is even more than what I, my savings. Like, how did that work Instant out? Instant debt. Yeah. yeah. I was like, douche. Like, but you know every what? Single they, time. Don't, they don't teach this in school. They don't Which teach is it. why, like, I have my new channel and all this stuff, which is about talking about this yeah, stuff love. that no one wants to share. Mm-hmm. Okay. When and how did you first start saving properly? Or do you even save? Yeah, I save. I save. I. That's the thing. Like, when I get money... It's almost like overwhelming. And the first thing I do is just like, I just put it away. Just act like this is all you've got. Mm. Once you start like trying to spend money beforehand, that's when things just go wrong. Mm. So I I, I think that I am actually quite good with saving Mm -hmm. and appreciating the value of money. For example, like I don't have, I don't have access to any of my, my contract money. Amazing. I don't, I don't even know. I don't, my account has an account that she holds onto it. And we, I just do it like that. I don't even want that money to even exist in my life. Because I can be going crazy. I can, I can really go crazy with it. So I think that is, I'm pretty good with saving now. And I started saving, I would say, well, I'm 26 now. I started properly saving when I was 21. But then each, no, yeah, but then I would, what I thought was savings, I would then like either put into my brand or I decided I need to, I want to move to New York and I want to do these different things. Right, okay. So it was like, I feel like the past five years I've had like, I'm solidly started to like save kind of. Yeah. But then started lap. So then I use my savings to start my brand. So it was like, I was saving, but I was also trying to use it to do something else with myself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's definitely this theory about, like, having your, like, forever balance. Like, something in there just to protect you in a rainy day. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, I love the idea of investing into your ideas yeah. and what you want to do. Yeah. But we also need a balance to put food on the table. Yeah, exactly. Well. But uh, my one was just, like... Uh, put it on yeah because here's the thing as a model like people thought I was making so much money but it was just like I was just making like good I was making good money but like the lifestyle was expensive and then trying to start a brand as well it was like that's why last July I was like I felt like really like calling what are you really (laughs) doing right now Mm, I can imagine Mm. I can imagine so how many different streams of incomes do you have so you have lap you also have your modeling contracts do you have anything else no, those are my two main streams of income right now. Um, obviously social media as well. I guess that counts because it depends on whether you consider that to be modeling. But some of the, the stuff that I do on social media isn't necessarily like fashion related. So mm-hmm. I would say that social media is definitely my, one of my biggest incomes. Yeah. But I'm still like learning about like all of that as well because it's still fairly new. And so new. as much as like... I'm, I enjoy creating content. It's people need to understand as well that like doing the modeling, doing the brand as well, and then being asked to create like a, like this amazing content, it can get a lot as well. So like three is enough for me right now. But for I'm sure. hoping I want to like do beauty. I want to do so much different things. I just want to be on the cover of Forbes like this. What is one thing you've regretted spending your money on? Uh, what is my biggest regret? Hmm. Hmm, so many. (laughs) I think that one of my biggest financial regrets has to just be, maybe I think it's more like little things. Mm. I think it's more so to do with the fact that before I always thought, yes, you're going to be able to make more money. So it's just like the small things that I would buy. Just waste. Yeah, yeah. like just little wasteful things that I used to buy when I was younger that I'm looking back now and been like, if I just didn't buy any of these things or if I didn't just get into like buying these things or collecting these things, I would have been able to save so much more money. But yeah, I think it's definitely more small things than like a big thing that I'm like regret because most of the big things that I buy, like my car, love it. (laughs) 
Love whipping it. Love just looking lit and fly. Could not have a bad car. That's yeah. not my vibe. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I just, it's not my vibe. I need to have something that's just like, mm, mm, mm. So I don't regret that. Yeah. Don't regret my fashion purchases. So I think it's just more little things. Yeah. I can imagine that they all end up adding up. They do. But I think that is a wrap from us right about now. I feel like it's been amazing yes. to have you on. Thank you for your having me. Your insights, especially like into the modeling agency, some of your pitfalls, I think has been very candid and I Thank really you. appreciate that. And I would love to hear like a final takeaway from you. Like what would you say to the girls and the women out there who want to be entrepreneurs, but also might want to do, might have to do something else because you have to, be a model and be an entrepreneur, what would you say to them? I would definitely say, take your time with anything that you're doing. Don't rush to put something out just because you want to have something out for the sake of it. I think that you end up putting the most pressure on yourself in those situations. And that way, when things start going wrong, you feel like, oh my gosh, you feel so down about it. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I definitely say, take all the time in the world to perfect your craft, perfect your passion and just take small steps. Every little step towards your goal will get you there. Do you know what I mean? Agreed. If yeah. you want to get somewhere, even if you're just taking one step a week, as small as it may feel, you're going to get there in the end. So definitely just don't allow the pressures of society, social media, and your own mind to allow you to, to feel like something needs to be done in a short amount of time. Right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank Lomi. you for having me. Look, she walked in, by the way, looking absolutely flawless. 10 foot no, 10. No, the coffee right? definitely perked me up. The coffee with two <laughs> spoons of sugar. Yeah, heaped spoons too. Oh gosh, like I have no sugar in my coffee, which is Healthy. very normal for me. But yeah, you know, you can do it, model genetics and all that jazz. Uh, but yeah, thank you for coming on. Thank you for Lovely having to me. See you. Oh God. Thank you so much for listening today. If you like the Caught Off Guard podcast, tell a friend to tell a friend about it. Please share the podcast on social media and let me know your thoughts on what was discussed using the hashtag CaughtOffGuardPod. I'd love to know what future guests you'd like me to interview and what topics you want me to cover. You can follow me on Instagram and YouTube. You can just Google me, Patricia Bright. And if you like what you've heard and you want to hear more, please don't forget to subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you're listening. Please rate and review the podcast. I read all your comments and really appreciate your feedback and support. So until next time.